not a lot of things intimidate me. Not a whole lot bothers me. Not a whole lot scares me. But when you look around this church and you look at the speakers that we have, you have Russ, you have Kyle, you have John, you have Jacob, you have Mike. I mean, just, just the people that get up here and speak, those are big shoes to fill. So I'll tell you, last night at 6.15 when I got the text message, that, hey, you're up. <laughs> I took a little gulp. So um, it's something that's been on my heart for a while. Uh, I was sharing with Ben that uh, it's been a few months ago, John, we were kind of in the same position, and John's like, I'm not sure if I can make it. Can you take care of it? And so I started thinking about what I'd want to speak about. And at that time, I started somewhat of an outline of what I wanted to talk about. But um, needless to say, it wasn't a full outline. And so last night was kind of crunch time. So today I want to talk about uh, love one another. If you look at the title, it is love one another. Um, Jesus called us to do many things in our lives, but he called us to love one another. Um, the Bible has many different kinds of love. Um, there's four different ones, I believe, that are, that are mentioned in the Bible. Um, but we want to talk today about what Jesus was talking about. Um, so the scene that we're setting in, um, I'm going to talk about John 13, 33 through, 55, through 35. So if you guys want to start turning there, we'll set the scene a little bit. We are at, um, we're making preparations for the Last Supper. Um, Jesus knows he's going to be betrayed. Um, he's sitting around with all of his disciples, having a conversation about how things are going to proceed, what's happened in the past, and how we're going to transition into the future. Um, so as he's talking, um, you know, he's asked, who's going to betray you? Um, he says, I'm going to dip a morsel, and the person that I give it to is now, this wasn't knowledge amongst all of the disciples. This was a private conversation. So when he dipped the morsel and he gave it to Judas, he, he indicated at that point who was going to betray him, but that wasn't known fully to everyone there. Um, he dismissed him. Everyone thought because he was the keeper of the purse that he was going to get things for the Last Supper and, and everything was going to proceed you know, as what he needed to do, and that's why he left. So shortly after he leaves, um, this is where we pick up in the story. And so in John 13, 33, Jesus says, Little children, I am with you for a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Okay? So, do any of you know the Ten Commandments? Can we name them off? All right, let's hear them, Jen. Whatever you want to do, I'll count them for you. Sure.
Okay, she got them all, and in order. <laughs> Impressive. Okay, so as you read through those, that doesn't seem like a lot of rules to have to follow, right? I mean, it doesn't seem too hard. Ten rules, let's follow those. The problem is that the Old Testament doesn't just have the Ten Commandments. There are many, many rules. Um, one source that I looked at said that at the time that Jesus was in the land, there were 613 laws that governed day-to-day -day life. These went from property to children to tattoos to, you, know, you name it, there was a law for it. And you were expected to know all of the laws. So every time you went to do something, you had to think, should I do this? Should I not do this? What are the repercussions? Well, God gave us the laws, right? They refer to it as the Torah, right? It was given to the people of Israel. But uh, if you look up the definition of the Torah, the first definition where I looked was that it is instruction, okay? So this wasn't a judgment. This wasn't, this is what you're going to do, and this is going to be the consequence. It was more of this is an instruction. This is an outline on how to live your life. This is an outline on how to live through your days to be good to each other. People, being who we are, we started to make it very, very black and white. This is good. This is bad. You do wrong. You do this. And so it became more of a burden to people than a blessing. It was never meant to be a burden that you had to remember all of these, you had to live by all these, your days were spent in constant fear of, did I break a law? If I broke a law, what do I have to do to, to justify and, and, and to reconcile with God in this? And so, so Jesus knew all these laws, okay? Let's, let's not think that for any minute that Jesus wasn't aware. He was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that one, right? He instructed, he taught people the laws, he lived by the laws. But Jesus also pushed the laws a little bit. And the reason he pushed the laws is because he knew what the purpose of the laws were. They were a framework. They weren't a black and white. They weren't, this is what you're going to do, and if not, ha-ha, we got you. So he pushed the laws a little bit. Um, but he didn't get arrested, and he didn't get stoned. and he didn't. Well, it's because Jesus knew the law better than the Pharisees did at that point, right? So he was aware, he was able to, he was able to talk his way out of the situations that he came into. Not necessarily that he didn't do the thing that they were accusing him of, but he had a reason for it. He had a higher purpose in which he was doing things. It wasn't just, hey, I'm going to break this law. He would show them the error in the law and the way it was being interpreted. Um, in this, you know, we need to remember that Jesus didn't come to break the laws or abolish the laws but he came to fulfill the laws. Um, he came to reconcile a world that didn't love God. They just loved the laws that God gave them. And he came to reconcile them back with the God that they so needed. So he shares his commandment in John 13, 34. We just read it. A new commandment I give to you, to love one another, even as I have loved you, that you will love one another. doesn't seem to be too hard, right? That doesn't seem like it should be too hard to do. 
But Jesus gave, so about three years the disciples followed Jesus around. During that three years, you've got to think. You've got this group of guys traveling through the land, teaching, having meals together, staying together, doing all their things together. There was probably a lot of instruction that was given during that time. Fair to say? But when you boil it all down, now obviously I wasn't, down, I wasn't there, so I don't know everything that was given, but according to the Bible and what we look at, it pretty much boils down to two instructions that he wanted them to take with them and move forward. The first one, we just read, John 13, 34, love each other as I love you. The second one is in Matthew 23, 19 through 20. And of course I didn't put my uh, paper in the right place, did I? All right. <clears throat> so 19 starts and it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So you're supposed to love each other and spread the gospel. Sounds pretty simple. How'd we screw it up? Well, think about this for a second. If I were to tell you that that's all you had to do, and God would be happy, you fulfilled what Jesus called of you, what would it look like in your life? I would venture to say that family, friends, check, got that, they're easy, comfortable with them. I'll talk to my family about God all the time. You know, my friends, they all know where I stand on it. Not a big deal. People I don't care for as much, maybe I'll just avoid them, right? I'll just go this way, and so if I'm not arguing with them, I'm loving them, right? Does that make sense? Seems like a stretch to me. All right, let's move on to the second one. Let's spread the good news. We can all do that, right? If I ask you to get up right now and go across the congregation here and speak to someone and talk to, the good, talk to them about the good news, I think everyone here could do that. I, I don't think that'd be too difficult. But where it becomes difficult is when you step outside these doors, when you don't know where someone's faith is. You don't know what they've got going on. Um, most of us would probably do it if we could guarantee we wouldn't be embarrassed. Is there anything worse than being embarrassed? Most of us feel like it's like, oh my goodness. But you know, at the end of the day, most people don't even remember what embarrassed you. It's a bigger deal to you than it is to them. If this is our attitude as the church in America, I think we've missed the point of what Jesus wanted us to do. John 13, 34, it's not talking about just loving your friends. He wasn't telling the disciples to just love on each other. You know, just you group of guys here, just love on each other and... and and go through your days. He was definitely telling them that they needed to love on each other. But I don't think that's where he expected it to end. He expected them to imitate Jesus. So in imitating Jesus, you want to talk about a hard act to follow, right? I spoke about, I talked about the speakers that we have here. Can you imagine trying to imitate Jesus? Like You're never going to make it. You're never going to get there. So, if you think about imitating Jesus and loving like Jesus, it's not going to be an easy thing. That's going to be a struggle. 
because Jesus just didn't love on the disciples. He didn't love just on his mom and dad. You know, it, it wasn't just, hey, yeah, you know, you like me, so follow me, and I'll tell you what it is. And, li- and loving like Jesus isn't just smiling at someone in the grocery store and holding the door for them. You know, we, we tend to do those things, and don't get me wrong, those are good things. Those, those are things that you, you want to do for people. But I don't know that we should be patting ourselves on the back as, as we do these things, because there's so much more. Loving like Jesus is a major, major demand on your time, your patience, and even your resources at times. You know, nobody's calling up, you know, perfect world, someone needs something here from the church. I get the phone call at 4.15 because the Buckeye game ended at 4. Yeah, I got nothing to do. I'll stop by and see you at the hospital. That'd be great. No, that's not how things work, right? You get a 2.30 in the morning call. You know, someone fell. Someone's sick. Someone had to be taken to the hospital. Something along those lines. You can't just do it when it's convenient. If you want to live and love like Jesus, it's a full-time job. It's something that happens every day all around. You know, you think about Jesus, and you're like, well, that was what he did. That was his job, right? I mean, that was why he was here, to love people and to do those things. Well, I would take you back um, in Luke 23, um, and we look at, at the crucifixion. And Jesus is on the cross. And the thief next to him asks for forgiveness. What an inopportune time. Right? I mean, like, this is something people don't live through crucifixion. It doesn't happen. Like, this is agonizing. This is horrible. He's been beat for hours, you know, been there on, on the cross. But he grants this forgiveness. And that's what loving Jesus, loving like Jesus means. It's not always what you want it to be. It's not always convenient for you. But he calls you to do it. The second thing is spread the good word. When you think of spread the good word, everyone says, okay, well, I'll go out and talk to some people about this. But have you ever heard the saying that actions speak louder than words? You can talk till you're blue in the face. But if you show someone what the love of Jesus looks like and what, what, the, what the good news and what the gospel has for them, that's going to go a lot longer in their life. They're going to remember that. That's going to be imprinted on them. It's not just going to be a conversation that they had with Mark on a Tuesday. You know, they can look at your life and they can see that, that you love God and, and you want to spread the word throughout the world. The interesting thing is, is when you read it, Jesus didn't say, hey guys, I think it'd be a good idea if you did this. He said, I command you to do this. It's a commandment. Um, You have to understand that the people he was speaking to were hanging on every breath, everything that came out of his mouth. They wanted to do, they wanted to live fully. And so for him to command them to do something, do you think they did it? I mean, I I would think so. Looking at the Gospels as we go through, you know, many of them were martyred for their faith. They traveled all over the known world at that time to, to spread the word. They did what they were told to do. 
it ends at, in, in verse 35. He says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. <clears throat> so I think a lot of what this comes down to is how we treat each other. What we do, how we live, day to day, not just on Sunday morning, not when we go to lunch after church today. Um, well, I cannot remember where I read it, but somebody said that most of us live six days sowing wild seeds. And on the seventh day, we hope that the crop fails. That's not what Jesus called us to do. He called us to live our life by loving each other and by spreading the gospel every day of our lives not just on Sunday morning. So at that point, that's when the world will start to see the difference, and they'll start to ask the question. I've done many prayers up here where I've ended with, you know, let us be the light on the hill. We want to be different. We want to stand out from what's happening in the world today. And the way to do that is to be different. We're, we're called to be in this world, but not of this world. Very simply, Go out and make disciples of others. We'll close in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be here and dig into the word. Thank you for the people that are here and the love that's in their hearts. Be with us as we go out into this world, that we might be able to show your love to those around us, that we might be able to spread the gospel to those that don't know it. Allow us to be that light that people look to to find out what is different and give us the words to explain to them in a way that they can understand and meet them where they're at. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.